title of today's message is Playing Games with Jesus. First of all, did anyone not get a communion cup when they came in? If you did not get a communion cup, we're going to do it. We've got some folks over here, Robert to my left, and some folks right in here. All right. So those guys will be passing out those out as I'm getting started. So I thought about it, and I have been pastor now for over 47 years. And so this is the 47th Easter as a believer. Well, more as a believer, but as a pastor. So I thought, how many? I've done at least 47 Easter messages, okay? And as I was studying, and I've been working on this for just several weeks, I said, is there a way, God, to look at the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ in a way that maybe I just haven't seen it before? Is there, not to be novel, but something that shows there's a, there's a depth here that we have maybe missed, And so as I kept reading and reading and reading the Scripture, I ran across the centurion. Not that I haven't read about him before, but he was the officer in charge of the soldiers who were assigned to beat my Lord Jesus Christ. He was the soldier assigned the task of taking my Christ to Calvary, to Golgotha, and punishing him by death. Well, first of all, I'm going to ask you to do this then. Use your imagination, please, with me this morning some, to imagine that you are that centurion soldier. You don't become a centurion in the Roman army because you're a choir boy, okay? These guys were hardened soldiers, battle-scarred soldiers. So here's this centurion assigned now once the decision has been made that Christ is going to be crucified. It says in Matthew 27, verse 26, So they had Jesus flogged, beaten. Isaiah says beaten beyond recognition. The whip that was used had many leather straps, and on the end would be pieces of stone or bone or something, so that every time they would lash the prisoner and pull it back, it would take flesh, and every time and more flesh, and every time and more flesh, and every time and more flesh. So he's been beaten now, as Isaiah says, beyond recognition. He's, he's a bloody pulp. And then those soldiers take him into their area, and there's different numbers, but a centurion was normal, normally over 100 soldiers. That's how he got his name. But because this was the governor's palace and the governor's mansion, so to speak, There would be more soldiers. So there was at least a hundred soldiers, maybe up to a thousand soldiers who were there. And they started playing games with Jesus. They put a robe on him. 
probably one of their officer's robes. And they put a crown on him, a crown made out of thorns. And by the way, these thorns, some of them are two inches long. It wasn't a rose bush. It was real thorns. And they pressed it on his head. And then they began their sadistic games of playing with Jesus. Blindfolding him. Telling him, if you're truly who you say you are, then you will know who it is who struck you. And they would take turns going by and spitting in the face of Christ and hitting with their fist in their face. And then they took the staff that they'd given to him to pretend he was king, and they took it and they would hit him on the head and hit him on the head and hit him on the head and drive the thorns deeper and deeper. Remember, we're the ones who are doing that. We're the soldiers who are doing that to our Christ. Can you see it? Can you feel it? I'm a Roman centurion. I've been sent here by my emperor to control these people called the Jews and I don't care anything about any of them. And this guy says he's king. So what? All the more to make fun of him. All the more to spit in his face. All the more to hit him in the face. And all the more to hit him on the head. And drive the thorns deeper and deeper. Can you feel it? Can you imagine it? What that was like? You know who's playing those games with Jesus? We are. We're the ones playing those games with Jesus. Every time we choose to do something that we know is contrary to what the will of God is for our life, we're the ones spitting in His face. And we're the ones hitting Him in the face. And we're the ones bashing in the crown of thorns. That's us. That's us. We're that centurion soldier who had no feeling or emotion. If anything he had, it was hate toward this Jew who claimed to be the king of the nation and who was on trial and who'd been found guilty and who was now sentenced to death the death of crucifixion. So after playing games of spitting in his face and hitting him in the face and hitting him with a stick, after playing games, they rip off the robe. Can you imagine the robe having adhered to the pulp of his back and what that was like when it came off? And again, these guys, they're Roman soldiers. Could they even care less? Could they even care less that this man was suffering as he was? Could they even care less that this was a human being? In many ways, you would have to say they were simply treating him as an animal. It doesn't stop there, folks. That same soldier with his 
men have Jesus now given the cross to carry it up Golgotha. He was so weakened from all that he experienced and all the blood loss that he couldn't even carry. They had to grab Simon, a passerby as it were, an onlooker to help him carry the cross up Golgotha. And when they get to Golgotha, the cross is laying on the ground and they, they lay him down and they drive the nails through his hands. And then they pull the crossbeam up, put his feet on top of each other and drive the nail through his feet. And when that centurion soldier, that Roman soldier comes up, the ground underneath the cross is already stained by previous crucifixions and the blood is stained into the ground. And as Jesus is hoisted up, fresh blood drops from his hands and from his feet and from his body as he slides up and down the cross trying to gain a breath of air. Who did that to him? I did. And so did you. Can you think of that? I did that to my Jesus. And you did that to your Jesus. Because we've all come short. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Jesus dies there on the cross. And that centurion watches as Jesus cried out with a loud voice and gave up his spirit. And at that moment, the curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, rocks split, the tombs broke open, open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life, and they came out of the tomb after Jesus and his resurrection. And they went to the holy city and appeared to the people. And listen to this, this hardened Roman soldier, this centurion Watching all this. Remember this man, the one we're pretending to be, who really has no conscience toward what has just been done to this fellow human being? He looks at the Christ on the cross. And he says, it says, one scripture says, he actually started worshiping God and said, surely, this was the Son of God. Did you get that? This was the Son of God. This hardened Roman soldier, accustomed to brutality and all the things that a soldier is familiar with. Even he could see that Jesus was God's son. So with that thought in mind, I'm going to ask you to take your communion cup.
And I want you to think about all that Jesus Christ went through, not counting Gethsemane. We've left all that out, just getting to this place. But before all this happened, he said to his disciples on the night before he was taken prisoner, and he took the bread, and he said, this is my body that is given for you. And those guys are taking the bread, not realizing that the very next day they're going to see his body on the cross given for them. And they took the bread and they ate it. And then he took the cup. And he told them, and this is my blood that is shed for you. Again, he told them what was going to happen, but they could not imagine that there at the foot of the cross was his blood that had run out of his hands and his feet and his body. And then as the spear was thrust into his side, and it came down, and he said, and this is my blood which is shed for you. I would ask you in the name of our precious Christ if you're one who's been playing games with Jesus please stop please stop let's don't pretend let's don't minimize let's be those who truly go all the way for Jesus Christ. Would you join me in prayer, please? Father, thank you that we have with you amazing grace. We have a love that is so unfathomable that is hard for us to grasp. In fact, without the Holy Spirit, we never can. We absolutely praise you, Jesus, and thank you, Jesus. We thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. That you were willing, you were so willing to demonstrate your obedience to the Father and your love for us, to give your life. And now all you're asking of us is that we give our life as well. In Jesus' name, amen. So, as you just heard in the song and saw in the dance, that Jesus didn't stay on the cross. He was put in the tomb and then he rose again and in him we have that victory and because of his death and because of his burial and because of his resurrection we have something to tell our world that we have a victor that's why it's imperative for all of us who know christ to go into all the world well i may not go to africa or india or wherever but the world that God's put me in, and share the reality of Christ. And then those that he places in my life, that I teach them the things so they know what the life is, that we're to live in Christ. Would you join me in prayer? Father God, thank you that we are to be in your name, that great, wonderful witness for Jesus Christ. 
that when people see me, when they see us, and how we live and how we talk and how we act and how we treat others, that they're left with the impression of you, Lord Christ. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us how to shine as a light in the darkness, to be the light on the hill. That those who are without Christ, those who are still living in darkness all around me, that they can see the Christ-like example that I'm living before them in all that I say, all that I do. And know that my life that I'm living now is the sermon for all to hear. And I live each day to represent my Christ, Jesus. So thank you, Father, for making me more and more aware of those around me who do not know you, who do not know that Jesus came and died as we've talked about today and do not know you as Jesus who was raised again, only seeing in us. Forgive us for the times when we've been preoccupied and forgotten that our life is the pulpit from which we speak and the message that we proclaim. Holy Spirit, help each of us to stay mindful that those who do not know Christ are watching how we live, what we do, and how we treat one another. Help us to be consistently aware that our life may be the only message that others will hear or see. So thank you for the wisdom. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the empowering, the enabling, and all that you give to be that witness for Jesus Christ, to be that discipler for Jesus Christ. We thank you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen.